This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 122. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Tom Finelli. Tom is the CEO of Convicio, a new managed WordPress platform. Tom lives in the San Francisco Bay Area with his wife and four kids. Originally from Fort Myers, Florida, he served in the Army right out of high school. After serving in the Army, Tom went on to music school and then started his tech career in agencies. Welcome, Tom. It's great to have you on Hallway Chats. Thank you, Tara, and thank you, Liam. Really great to be here. Yeah, we're excited to meet you and get to know you. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, please, Tom? Yeah, sure. So, you know, as you mentioned, um, it was really when I was in music school that I realized I was actually better at technology than I was the artistry of being a musician. And so uh, I gravitated a lot towards uh, computers and the application of computers in recording, realized I was pretty good at it. Desktop publishing, Photoshop was still in its sort of early days. And uh, got some of those software packages, started playing around with it, and I found myself working in a newspaper doing publishing of ads, scanning on drum scanners. I'm kind of dating myself here, but um, eventually that led to me becoming a freelancer. Then it led to me becoming an agency owner and uh, grew that agency to like seven employees. Uh, Did that for seven or eight years. Uh, Went through the dot-com burst. Uh, Was building websites at that time using a product called Adobe PageMill, which was super early. I see your reaction, Tara. Um, Yeah, it was way before WordPress was around. And, uh, you know, eventually decided that I kind of got burned out on the agency life a little bit. And then I went into uh, work in a uh, software company. And I loved that because it married the ability for me to be technical and almost do some product type of stuff, but also uh, do marketing. And so I'm kind of one of these people where my superpower is I'm a technical marketer. And so I can code a web page, but I can also write really good copy. And so um, really what what wound up happening was it started my career in what I refer to as in-house at these businesses. Um, And then after doing that uh, for, gosh, I don't know, maybe six or seven more years, I had a major pivot point in my life. And that was the opportunity to um, roll the dice on a startup in San Francisco. And so I relocated my family from Florida. I had two kids at the time relocated them to uh, the Bay Area, went to work for this startup. And, uh, you know, at the time, I don't think I really realized the risk involved in that because I moved and relocated everything uh, to come out here. And as everyone knows, startups have a huge high, high rate of failure. So um, basically did that. We got really fortunate. We had a great product and a, a great set of founders. We sold the company about a year after I got here. Uh, And then that company we took public that we sold it to. And so within a couple years, I sort of had this great success story of startup to uh, acquisition to IPO. 
and continue to work at that company, which is a top 10 SaaS company. It's in the real estate space called RealPage uh, and led a very large global team. I was an SVP of consumer marketing for them for about six years. Uh, and then that led to a larger company where I ran product for marketing and services tools. And uh, we can get into that. But um, after that, I founded Convesio. And so that's kind of my life story in a condensed format. Wow, that's a long that's a long trajectory. You don't look like you're that old. It looks like you've done a lot of things. So I'm gonna go backwards. So we have actually spoken to a lot of musicians on this show. A lot of people who transition from music to code and music to tech. So talk a little bit about that and and what specifically in music you studied and um, if you still if you still enjoy that and how that translated for you into this world of tech. Yeah, good question. Um, so I'm a drummer. Uh, I feel like that's sort of like a confession you have to make when you're, it's not right, but <laughs> so I'm a drummer, but <clears throat> you know, I studied, uh, I, I was going to school for just uh, general music. And so I did, um, I did concert bands and jazz bands. And so uh, I basically uh, ran the gamut as far as um, music curriculum uh, and about two years into college doing music. I kind of realized that this thing that I love to do for fun was becoming really burdensome. And so uh, it was kind of like I was in this grind of like music education. And uh, it was at that point that I sort of pivoted in my education to recording. And so I actually, my degrees in recording and uh, I spent a bunch of time in the studio and for a long time I thought I was gonna be a studio musician, but that pivot to recording is what really introduced me to technology because, you know, even back then, uh, being sort of a dinosaur in that, uh, there were still computers being used for very basic recording purposes. And so I got my hands on a computer. This was the mid nineties, probably late nineties, mid to late nineties. And uh, that's what got me into technology. So uh, I don't really, since I moved to the Bay area, I don't really play very much, but my kids have got the music bug and the theater bug, which I was never a theater person, but they've got the performance bug. Uh, and so they're, I'm happy to report it's, it's passed down a generation. So that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that story. Um, it was interesting that in your story, you, you got picked up by a company out of San Francisco to the startup that, that ultimately was very successful. Fort Myers is a long way from from San Francisco, and I just mean that in a geographic way, nothing more. Sure. What were you doing professionally or personally? Was it a, a friend of yours from a long time ago that says, hey, Tom, do you want to come out here? Had you done some work for a client and that drifted through? How did that connection come about? Because as you, as you noted, that's, that's not a can you come work for an agency up the street kind of way or can you move up to Jacksonville? That's, that's a significant change. How did that happen? How did that even land on your radar? This is a tremendous story about the power of connections. And I don't know if you guys are like me and you can do this. I, I meet people that are like, oh yeah, I, I do this all the time, but I can trace back the thing that has gotten me here in life all the way back to some of the earliest people I knew 20 years ago, making a connection of introductions in my life that had this amazingly influential effect on getting me where I'm at right now. Um, even through to 
my marriage, right? Like, uh, I mean, when I was in the agency, my business partner, whom I knew is really the reason I met my wife. And it's, it's amazing to trace back and look at your life in hindsight like this. But to answer your question, so I'd gone to work in this uh, computer, uh, the software company, and they were in the field service dispatch space. Uh, so like air conditioners, electricians, plumbers, they did dispatching software inventory, but it was a dying company and they needed someone to turn things around. They had a legacy plot, uh, product that was on like DOS. They were late into the Windows world. They thought it was a fad. It, it's kind of comical. And they had trouble transitioning to selling sort of a modern software product. And so one of the things I sort of figured out when I first got there was we needed to do a, a, a few things that really would move the needle quickly. One of those was integrating with QuickBooks. We were one of the first 10 products to integrate with QuickBooks. The timing was amazing. That's another force of, uh, in life that's just tremendous is the right timing. Uh, Intuit had just opened its uh, developer program and they were looking for various products in different verticals to integrate with. We were one of the very first products to do that and we had tremendous success. And through that connection, we went out to the Bay Area. I met people at Intuit. And one of the people that I met was a dear friend of mine, Monica, who was a VP at Intuit. We became friends, we're friends to this day. And she introduced me to the person who owned uh, the startup that, that I went to work for. His name was Sina. And basically I was doing some consulting on the side and he needed someone to help consult on the early marketing and sales of his startup. Well, we happened to hit it off and we really became good friends and he got to know me and eventually the conversation turned into this, you're a really smart guy, why are you in Fort Myers, Florida? Come to the Bay Area, you need to come out here. This is where your people are. And uh, so eventually the timing worked out and I made the leap and that's how I wound up getting to the Bay Area. Wow. Yeah, I feel like there's a whole show just on that story alone, but uh, <laughs> I'll turn it back over to Tara. That's a great story. And um, as somebody who uses QuickBooks quite a bit, uh, I can appreciate um, software that works with it because not a lot of things do. So that that must have been a, a, a victory to have that connection and, and make that work. It was. It was a tremendous lift for us. In fact, I think, you know, we did like in a year we did an astronomical amount of sales in integrated uh, QuickBooks bundling. And so right. it was a real turnaround for that company. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, tell us a little bit about having four children and moving from Florida to San Francisco. That's quite a different dynamic and um, having a raising a family there. Tell us a little bit about what that's been like for you. Yeah, uh, so this is a story in taking risks. So, <laughs> um, you know, not all the time risks pan out for us, but uh, in this case, you know, it's funny, I always wanted to come to San Francisco because for me being sort of a technologist and a marketer, it's kind of the place to be uh, for technology. And I was... I really thought for a long time I was going to make it out there, but I had gotten to a place in my career where 
you know, I was really successful at this company. And in Fort Myers, Florida, there's not a lot of software companies, as you can imagine. So I was already doing what I loved in a company I had tremendous success with. And it was relatively a small company, under 40 employees. And, you know, we basically, I had sort of given up on the dream. And it's funny how life um, has this way of sort of things wind up happening when you let go of things. Um, I had given up on this idea of going to, um, to San Francisco. And it's at that very moment, the opportunity dropped out of the sky to kind of to go there. And it was a hard decision. We, you know, we, we sort of gave it a lot of thought. Um, it was no financial upside salary wise for me. In fact, if I were to write to you the pros and cons of this uh, on paper, you, there's a lot, a huge chunk of people would be like, this is too risky. Okay. I had to um, liquidate my 401k to move. I had to, and to sustain myself. Um, I was, I, I pushed all of the chips in on this startup. And the one big difference that I had gotten was equity in the, in the company, like, which is very common in startups. And I remember us thinking and rationalizing, well, there's a whole network of people we're going to meet. Um, you know, the kids were relatively young at the time. They were probably, well, they were both, you know, my, my oldest is 15 and my second oldest is 14. The second two are native to California, but um, they were still relatively young. So, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of turmoil in their lives, but it was a big deal moving away from all of our support network. You know, we, we had our whole families there. My wife has got a really large family. She's the oldest of five. There's like 14 and growing grandkids, including ours. Um, and so we left our entire support network to move to California. And the first few years personally were really hard because it takes a while to sort of develop roots in a new place. Um, professionally, it was amazing. Uh, so there was this sort of like turmoil in my life for the first five years of it was hard personally to develop relationships and friends and we had left everyone. But professionally, I was thriving. Um, the challenge and the um, just energy of working for a startup in San Francisco, in downtown in the financial uh, district, I used to walk to work in the morning and look at the buildings and go, I can't even believe that I'm here um, because it was so different than Fort Myers, Florida. And so um, it was a great experience professionally. And eventually we developed roots and now we've got a lot of great relationships here and sort of it's taken hold. But in, in the beginning it was hard and it was a lot of risk. Yeah, there is a lot of risk there. You just keep on un un unfolding these, these, these great little stories and you're doing a good job at keep, keep keeping them succinct. But I feel like there's a, there's a whole nother strand of conversation right there. Tom, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now. Um, you talked, we, we heard that you're starting or in the process of, of growing a managed WordPress host. Did I get that right? Maybe tell us a little bit about please. Sure. Sure. So um, sub thread of my professional career here on, um, the, you know, since I've been in San Francisco, I've been working in businesses at very large scale that have had marketing services and websites. Um, my last company was, uh, it was called Deluxe and it was similar to 
an EIG. They were sort of an, an aggregator of shared hosting. They acquired a lot of shared hosting companies. Um, I, of course, have been hosting sites in some capacity for 20 years. Um, and I've always been really frustrated that there's been a lack of product innovation in the hosting space. You know, let's face it, most hosting providers are all the same, okay? They all use cPanel, they all use Linux servers, they all use the same type of thing. Now they do things in better ways, right? So there's managed hosting providers out there that do a better job, but they're not doing anything technology-wise, radically or revolutionary, narrowly different, if that's a word. Um, so I've always been frustrated by this and I've always looked at the enterprise space going, man, enterprise has got such great technology. Um, they've got all this cutting edge stuff like redundancy and scaling and high availability, but it's not trickled down into the small and medium sized businesses. And for those enterprise solutions, they're extremely expensive. And so for the vast majority of agencies, they can't make a markup on any of that. And in some cases, they're just way too expensive for them to sell to their customers. So sure. I was plagued by this um, and was plagued for it by for a number of years. In fact, I heard a great saying that said, you know, someone asked, when should you do a startup? And it's when you can no longer not do it. And I got to the point where I just had to see if I could fix this problem. And so that was a couple of years ago. And so Convesio started as an R&D project, not even sure if we could do it. But we thought, what if we just wiped the slate clean and thought from the ground up, what if we could build a state-of-the-art, fully redundant, all the modern technology built on AWS and the Google Cloud infrastructure stack for hosting WordPress that's radically different than all the rest of the solutions out there. And that has been the journey that we've been on. And this is another one of those places in life where I've really pushed all the chips in on this business. And so uh, we are in kind of a, I'd call it a almost out of beta stage, right? We've got about a thousand sites that we're hosting on the platform. We've been working on it continuously the last couple of years. Our team is about eight people. And about six months ago, I sort of came to the conclusion that we're going to need some additional capital to do this. And so like any good Bay Area startup guy, I was like, let me go see if I can raise VC money. And I had a buddy of mine come to me and say, you should look at this new uh, funding method called equity crowdfunding, which is sort of like this Kickstarter meets investing, right? And so we've raised somewhere around $1.3 million in equity, uh, in VC money. I would call it venture capital, but it's equity crowdfunding capital with about almost 850 investors have participated in, in it. So it's small investments. And we're really excited to, in 2020, be taking this product to market. I would say we've validated really great product market fit with agencies. The agencies that are using the product love it. So I'm super excited about what 2020 is going to bring. And you're going to hear a lot more about our company and our product uh, throughout the year. So what's your main point of differentiation and, and who is your target audience agencies you mentioned? Right. Yeah. I mean, we feel like the problems agencies have with traditional hosting is compounded because they manage a portfolio of 50, 100, many hundreds of websites. 
So uh, the differentiation on our platform is we have a much uh, more streamlined uh, interface for managing your sites. Uh, sites on our, we just did a, a little bit of a research tally on this. Um, on the sites that we've been monitoring, on average, they're about 239% faster than where they moved from. We've migrated people from all the leading hosts, Kinsta, um, you know, SiteGround, uh, Pantheon, um, Cloudways, uh, Flywheel, WP Engine, and the list goes on and on. So we're faster. Um, we are easier to use for agencies, uh, and we are uh, we do auto scaling, which is probably one of the unique things that we do, which is the way our platform works is your WordPress site runs in a container and a container is like a micro server that just runs WordPress. And every site on our platform sits behind load balancers. So we have the ability to be able to scale your site up in seconds to replicate it and then distribute the load over multiple servers. And we do this in a very cost-effective way. So our initial packages start at $15 a site per month. And you only pay for what you use. So if you need to scale up, let's say you've done a marketing campaign, you get a surge of traffic. Traditionally, your site might slow down. It might crash. Let's say you do a newsletter blast and you get a lot of people that are clicking all at once on your newsletter. These are moments where traditional hosting providers will either lack in performance or they'll just hit a wall and something will crash. In our platform, you don't pay for that excess overhead all the time. You only pay for it when you need it and then your site automatically scales back down. I'll give you a great sort of example of a use case everyone can really understand, churches, okay? I love this one because it's so clear cut. A lot of churches are streaming um, you know, on Sunday mornings and basically they have a surge of traffic Sunday morning and a lot of people online, but then nothing on Monday night. This is a great example where a church doesn't have to invest in a large server or a large hosting package and not use it six days a week, but use it only when they need it on Sunday morning. They can get us and then just scale up when they need the capacity and then they scale back down and overall it's cheaper for them. That sounds very exciting and and yet again there's a lot to talk about but I I want to I want to swing around if I can. We we've talked about taking risks, we've talked about starting businesses, we've talked about growing businesses. And all of this is leading me to think about success. And I want to ask you what is your definition of success? Is it a personal definition, a professional, maybe a mix of both? Can you share that sure. with us? Yeah, actually and and this is a question I've kind of thought a lot about um and you know, I think if you look at from just generic worldly standards, um, you would see my sort of career path, at least definitely over the last 10 years since I've been Cal in California, um, and you would define it as very successful. Uh, but I have been, since I've started working on Convesio, which is really, um, I, I would always tell you in the past, I loved what I did. I never had a moment where I was like, oh, I dread going to work. Um, but the ability to give back to the community and the WordPress community, how it bands together and supports people has been so rewarding to me professionally that I'm kind of going through this identity crisis on what I think success is. Because I would have told you success would be how much money you make, 
how many people report to you, how much revenue you're responsible for. Um, and, you know, I, I got really high in that hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue responsibility in my last company, 300 people globally in my organization. And now that I'm in this startup, because it's a product that I believe in and I'm solving a problem I'm passionate about, there's this whole other more rewarding aspect of success that I've been sort of awakened to. And I like to think if you guys have ever met those people that like are serial entrepreneurs or serial startup people, and they're like, I, I used to hear them talk about this. And I used to think, why are you so addicted to being in a startup? Right? Like, it's not all that great. I'm in a big company. I've got all this money and resources. And what I now realize that people are addicted to is the magic of when you see people fall in love with your product and they want to actually use it. That is such an amazing feeling that it's sort of redefined what I think success is. And so I think success now is building something people love and participating in a community of people that you are like-minded with. And that's so reflected in what it's like to build a product for the WordPress community. I love seeing how passionate you are about that. And it must be great motivation to go to work every day and work on something that you feel great about. So um, not to be a downer, but I, I guess when you're working on a startup, there are probably days where you wonder is this really going to work or is it just me who loves it or those types of questions. Uh, can you share with us some of the challenges that you have in, in starting up a business like this? A product? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was fortunate to be able to, I think one of the challenges people have just in a material sense is being able to bootstrap something either with your own money. I was fortunate enough to, you know, have had money to be able to invest in the business to get it started um, but I think one of the challenges as we grow, uh, it's not necessarily the grind of going to work every day, but it's the fear of letting down all the people that have invested and believe in what we're doing. And so for me, I've had almost moments where you could call them like sort of <laughs> micro panic attacks, I guess, where, you know, we've raised money from 850 people, a huge chunk of which are my closest friends and family put in a, a huge majority of that money. And I look at that going, oh my gosh, there's moments where you just out of the blue, you, you worry about, am I going to do this? Is this going to be successful? And, you know, it's that, and I've had other founders tell me that's normal and it's natural. And if you weren't concerned about that, there'd be something wrong with you. And so I think that's probably one of the more mental challenges of running a startup is realizing that, you know, if this thing succeeds or fails, ultimately it's all on me. And I've, again, put all my chips in on this business and I've convinced a bunch of people I really care about to put their chips in on it. And so that's a bit of a, a weight to bear. It's a burden to a responsibility, really. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I could do that. <laughs> that sounds very stressful. <laughs> well, you know, if you have something you really believe in, it makes it a whole lot easier. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, so that's really been the thing. I'm, I'm real. I'm a huge believer in this product, and. 
Um, it's been fortunate that we've been able to get such really good validation in what we're doing early on. You know, I know some people build products and they they believe in it so much, but they don't get the validation from external sources. Uh, and so therefore they go to market or raise money on something that possibly isn't something that's viable, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I've been really excited. That's one of the things that excites me is to see how much our customers love the product. Um, so yeah, that makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. I'd like to ask you, I think a lot of the things that you're telling us um, include some advice to people who are listening. Can you share with us some advice that you received and implemented in your life that you can share? Yeah. So I think that the biggest advice that I try to follow in my life, and I've really not, this isn't something that I've received in terms of no one's really sat down and told me this, but I've had the opportunity to work with some really great leaders that uh, I look up to and admire and they do this. And so I'm, this is really the advice I'm mimicking that I see people do, which is um, to really be transparent in your relationships that you have. You know, I don't believe in sort of like what you see is what you get with me, right? This is who I am. If we were sitting down alone having coffee or if I was up on a stage in front of 3000 people. And so I think that when you can learn to sort of be true to yourself, uh, it really will help you in the business world. Now I will put a little plug in. I think another thing I'm really good at is casting a vision and communicating to people. Another skill that I've picked up from watching people. And I think that's an extremely powerful tool to have in your arsenal. If you're good at rallying people behind a vision, um, that's really a great skill to have. I think transparency, particularly in today's world is, is undervalued, but I, mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with you more, Tom. I think that's a, that's a major factor of happiness at work, particularly at home and certainly out and about in the community. It's, it's really important. So thank you for sharing that with us. Sure. Yeah, sorry, Tara and I are going back and forth. You say something. I have a question. You have a question. <laughs> I want to ask you just briefly where I'm, I'm looking at the clock and realizing we're almost out of time, but maybe you can share us a little bit. You talked about the excitement of being involved with the WordPress community. Tell us a little bit how you are involved. Yeah, so good question. Um, you know, historically, it's funny, I've been involved in WordPress for a long time, but I've never really been involved in the community up until the last year. And so, um, you know, my first WordCamp was last year. So I went to WordCamp US and uh, we're going to be attending WordCamp Phoenix and, and Miami and a whole long laundry list of new WordCamps. One of the things that um, I was really just taken aback a, a by at WordCamp US was the open friendliness and inclusiveness of the WordPress community. Um, so we made the pledge, the, um, you know, we were pledging our time as a company to WordPress. So we're involved in the, the, uh, hosting, hosting group, um, hosting, uh, group for WordPress. And so we're participating in contributor days. Um, and so I think that we're, I'm planning on being an organizer at some WordCamps this year. That's one of the things that I want to do. I've also submitted to speak at several WordCamps. So, um, I've been, working with a team of people about how can we either get a message out about, you know, business, you know, business in your agency, the two talks I've submitted that I'm sort of pitching to WordCamps is, 
you know, a basic beginner's guide to hosting and then how to raise money for your WordPress startup using crowdfunding, which I think is a unique thing that we've done that I haven't seen um, really any other WordPress business yeah. raise money through that. And so it's been really successful for us. And if I can help other people in WordPress do that, that would be awesome. But um, really, it's, it's participating in WordCamps, organizing them, participating in meetups, contributing in the hosting group, uh, and really just starting to build what I'd call our extended friends and family in the WordPress community. I'll look forward to meeting you in person then at a WordCamp this year. Great. That's great. Well, we are out of time and this has been, it's gone by so quickly and it's like the end of the day. So everything feels like it gets uh, compressed in, but I'm glad we were able to take our time to chat with you and thanks so much for reaching out and for joining us. Where can people find you online, Tom? So they can find us at convesio.com, C-O-N-V-E-S-I-O.com. They can find me on Twitter, uh, T. Finelli, or LinkedIn. And I'm happy to answer any questions or have folks connect with me. I'd love to meet you. Great. Thanks, Tom. It was a real pleasure getting to know you a little bit. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.